Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast with your hosts, Reese Downing and Jacob Workman. What's up, guys? It is TNT Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast, NFL Edition Week 12. With me, as always, is fine citizen uh, Jacob Workman. Jake, what's going on, man? What's up? What's up? We're back again. Uh, coming off another Lions victory. Another right. one. Eat them up. Eat them up. We got something special coming up here in just a second. And uh, as a nod to another Lions win. Uh, but first, let's get into last week pick results. Uh, Workman finished six and eight. I finished five and nine. Uh, we had quite a few games this week where we picked the right winner. They just didn't get the spread. So um, the the spreads hurt us a little bit this week, but um, we both had our locks. Both of us had locks on Dallas um, and those both hit in the total records. Uh, Jake is 78, 84 and two. I am 80, 82 and two. So I was above 500 there for a week. Drop back down. We're hoping to to kick things off here back in the right direction. Um Let's move into uh, so last week recaps. So uh, kicking things off here with a hell of a loss for the NFLs, the, the Ravens beat the Bengals 34-20, and Joe Burrow is now out for the season with a torn wrist ligament. Uh, Jake Browning looks to be since he started for the rest of the year. With the win, Baltimore pretty much puts a stranglehold on the NFC, AFC North that looks much more competitive before losing both Burrow and Watson to season-ending injuries here over the past couple of weeks. Um, it's not all sunshine and rainbows though, for the Ravens as they did lose tight end Mark Andrews to season ending surgery. Uh, there are a lot of questions after the game as some people saw burrow and a wrist cast ahead of the matchup, but the Bengals never reported him on the injury report And with sports betting more popular than ever. A lot of folks are reasonably upset by not having all the info before putting money down on this game. Workman, what are your thoughts on that? I think it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, it was clear there was an injury before the game. There was video that showed it. There's no the NFL should come after them heavily. I think this is absurd that they, I think the NFL will hit them hard for this. This is not a good look for the NFL whatsoever. Yeah. I saw, I saw some stuff come out that it may have been one of like the iPad things that you put on your hands. So your hand doesn't like draw on the iPad when you're writing. Yeah. But there there's uh, video that people have released from the week before that kind of showed the injury. I, it seems like this is well, it also shit. it doesn't help the Bengals situation that they deleted the video that they had right. posted previously too. So that that's kind of like you know. Also, uh, sorry, but we need to skip to question three really soon because we got an issue. <laughs> so uh, let's uh, let's do three next. Say that one more time. I, I question another question three. Uh, it needs to be next. Uh, we've got oh. an issue over here. <laughs> okay. All right. Well, uh, yeah, so let's jump into it. Uh, Detroit mounts a crazy comeback with a 31-26 victory over the Bears. Uh, they were down 26-14 with 4-15 left in the game. Goff threw a 33 touchdown to Jamison Williams, who is just under with, with, with just under three minutes left. Got the ball back, scored again with a Monty touchdown run. Sam Laporta catches a two-point conversion and makes it 29-26. And then for good measure, the defense gets a safety, and Adrian Hutchinson does his best, Pat McAfee, and punts the ball into the stands. Uh, what did you think of the game and specifically about the Jamison Williams touchdown? Uh, well, I was absolutely pissed off for a large portion of the game. Uh, Justin Fields ran all over the field on us and it didn't look promising golf through some of the worst interceptions I've ever seen. He had three picks. 
Uh, and then it was it was like Stafford was there. It was that late, like here we come. And uh, golf hasn't really had to do that yet, but he did it. Did it well. Uh, great, uh, great defense to get the ball back at the end, and then to have golf lead the charge down the field and hit James Williams. I mean, it, it was a pretty big deal. Uh, we uh, we have quite the situation going on. So uh, just to, <laughs> to make this quick, so uh, last week James Williams did release. The, uh, he eats his McDouble with an Oreo McFlurry on it uh, from McDonald's. If you can find one with a working machine, which we had that issue tonight. Um, and so I text Reese last week. I, Ike, uh, our good friend Ike, which you'll know soon. He uh, he sent me a text. And he was like, you guys should eat that on the podcast. And so I text Reese and I was like, if the Lions win and James Williams gets a touchdown, I think we should do this. Uh, the Lions won and James Williams had a touchdown. So I'm going to show you this. It is quite the disaster right now because it is melted all over the fucking place. Let's see if we can see. <laughs> oh, my God. That? Yeah, I can see it. It looks disgusting. <laughs> so we got the the McDouble with ketchup and pickles and cheese only with an Oreo McFlurry on it. I'm about to give this a whirl. It's going to go everywhere because it is definitely melting a lot. It's actually not bad. <laughs> it's hot as hell, but it's not bad. I'll give him that. I don't think I would eat every day, but that's uh. There's nothing like uh, vanilla ice cream with pickles. Let me tell you that. That's an interesting taste, and I don't like yeah, chocolate. So that doesn't help the cause either. But <laughs> yeah. I mean, it was fine. I'm probably gonna eat it the rest of this episode, to be honest. So it. Uh, All right. Well, you you keep eating that. Let me run through some more highlights. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but we had to get to that immediately because we had a situation going. Yeah, for sure. Uh, so his workman uh, slurps up some ice cream off his desk and eats a double cheeseburger that's got pickles and Oreo on it. Um, Vikings win streak was snapped while the Broncos streak continues after a 21 to 20 win. Minnesota is still in good shape even after the loss, uh, but currently eyeing a wild card spot. Broncos defense had 12 takeaways, has had 12 takeaways in the last three weeks. And they seem to have found some rhythm after a horrible start to the year. So uh, be interested to watch both of these teams as they progress. Uh, Brock Purdy had a perfect game, uh, 27 to 14 win against the Bucks. He is the first perfect passer rating from a Niners quarterback since 1989. Uh, Zach Wilson benched and Joe Brady gets his first step to his Bills new offensive coordinator in Buffalo's 32 to six route of the Jets. The Jets have Miami on Friday, 100% a must win in order for them to stay in playoff contention. Bills finally beat a bad team like they should, but do have Philly next and still have KC on their schedule. So we'll see if they can find a way to sneak into a wild card spot. Um, I, I think Workman and I are on the same page. We don't know. Um, Stafford, he gets a comeback win. 17-16 victory over the Seahawks. Uh, Seattle was leading 16-7 before allowing 10 unanswered. A difficult schedule upcoming as they have two games against the Niners plus the Eagles and Cowboys uh, currently sitting at six and four right now. So that's a little rough for Seattle. The Rams are four and six, but still in the playoff hunt. And they have Arizona, Cleveland, the Giants, New Orleans and Washington still on the schedule. Uh, worth noting here that Cooper Cup did suffer a sprained ankle, but he's currently listed as day to day. So it doesn't sound like it's anything too crazy. Um, working between Seattle and the Rams here, which of these two teams do you think have a better shot of getting in the wild card spot? Uh, so just by looking at schedule, well, the Rams' schedule is actually decent. So we'll we'll say 
they beat Arizona, lose to Cleveland, lose to Baltimore, beat Washington, beat the Saints, beat the Giants, lose to the San Francisco. So that's what three and three to finish the year. Uh, that would put um seven and nine. No, yeah, yep. yeah. Ugh, I'm not sure seven and nine's getting in. Let me look at Seattle. Seattle. Well, Seattle's already six and four. Though I do see loss, 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 win. Ugh, maybe loss, win. God, they have a tough schedule. Um, yeah. Which that only gives them eight. So I guess I'll say Seattle's is in better range, but with the Rams having the tiebreaker over them, that could end up being a big deal. But yeah, I, I think Seattle, the Rams schedule is just a little tougher than I than I thought it was going to be. So I, I do like Seattle just a little bit more in that. Uh, it was nice to see last. That was the that was a prototypical Stafford game. He got absolutely murdered. Looked like he was dead. Uh, and then what does he do? Come back and lead a two minute drive to win the game. What a surprise! Like it, it's what he does. Like I, I don't. It's, it's every damn still, week. Yeah. So, uh, but yeah, unfortunately, I, I think Seattle's got a little bit of a favorite. Favorite in that. Yeah. All right, moving on here, uh, Deron Bland, uh, his ridiculous season continues with his fourth pick six of the year, tying the record in Cowboys 33-10 to 10 defeat of the Panthers. Important win for the Cowboys as they play the Commanders on Thursday before hitting their schedule gauntlet of Seattle, Philly, Buffalo, Miami, and Detroit following this Thursday night game. Uh, DTR, Dorian Thomas-Robinson carried the Browns to a 13-10 win in his second start against the Steelers. Kenny Pickett continues looking rough, throwing for only 93 yards, and the offense only managed a total of 162 total yards, and that included a 74-yard run and touchdown from Jalen Warren. Uh, Cleveland's defense continues to get Ws for the Browns, who are virtually without a passing game, so we'll be uh, keeping an eye on how they fare as we continue through the season. Uh, we talked about the Detroit game here, which was next, but we skipped ahead to that one. Um, Chargers lose by three points or fewer for the fifth time this season as they fell 20 to 23 to the Packers. That defense looked atrocious. They allowed Jordan Love to have the best game of his career. He threw 322, almost 400 yards of total offense. And that was after they lost Aaron Jones in the first half to a knee injury. Uh, Joey Bosa suffered a pretty severe foot sprain that had him in tears as he was getting carted off. Um, he looks like he's going to be placed on the IR. He's going to be out for a minimum of four weeks. Packers definitely needed that win to keep their playoff hopes alive, but they have a tough couple of weeks ahead as well as they have the Lions and Chiefs on their schedule. Uh, Texans cooled down in the second half, but still get a 21-16 win against Arizona. Cards had multiple chances to, to set up the upset, but the offense kept falling short despite Kyler looking good in his second start back. Houston continues grinding out wins, and they now have three straight and uh, have a very, very big game coming up this weekend against Jacksonville. Uh, speaking of Jacksonville, uh, T law bounced back here. The Titans continue to struggle as the Jags beat the Titans 34 to 14 looks to be another wasted year for Derrick Henry and Deandre Hopkins is at this point, Tennessee is likely going to be using the remainder of their season to test some of their younger guys ahead of what's likely a pretty active off season, uh, bounce back for Jacksonville in a very important matchup looming this week. Uh, we just discussed here with the Texans, uh, dolphins got a 20 to 13 win despite three turnovers against the Raiders. And finally, the Giants got six turnovers and a 31 to 19 win over the commanders to complete the season sweep of Washington. Tommy DeVito looked decent. He had 246 and three touchdowns, even though he was sacked nine times in the game. I don't even know how he's still standing. And you wonder why Daniel Jones keeps getting hurt. Uh, commanders giving up two losses to the Giants probably ends their chances of securing a wild card spot. So it's so had some good action uh, in this previous week. Uh, just a couple of things here on news and notes. 
Uh, first things first, Matt Canada has officially been fired as the Steelers offensive coordinator. Um, I was, yeah, I, I was at the, uh, Pittsburgh Penguins, Carolina hurricanes game on Saturday. And funnily enough, we were sitting in penguin section because my wife and I are big, uh, penguins fans. And about midway through the second period, they randomly started chanting fire Canada in Raleigh. So that permeated throughout the universe and he is finally gone. Um, running back coach, Eddie Faulkner is expected to serve as the interim offensive coordinator. And funnily enough, given that we were at the Penguins game, uh, QB coach Mike Sullivan, not head coach of the Pittsburgh Penguins, Mike Sullivan, uh, is going to be calling plays uh, for the Pittsburgh Steelers. So uh, interested to see how that impacts their season as they progress. Hopefully uh, they can get Kenny Pickett moving in the right direction and start using more of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren because they do have some some solid guys there in the backfield that they have not been using to their full extent so far this year. Or just throwing the ball further than 10 yards down the field. That yeah, exactly. Very, which I don't know what it is in Pennsylvania, but Penn yeah, State no seems all the exact same platform. Passes under 10 yards are the only thing they do. So bad. Yeah. Um, Shaq Leonard, a linebacker, has been released by the Colts in a surprising move. He struggled to get back to his peak form when he was defensive rookie of the year. Um, he's gone through two back surgeries, trying to correct some nerve issues. Uh, but the Colts uh, have finally had enough. Uh, I think it was last week or the week before last. They they had pulled Shaq Leonard back to where he wasn't out there on third down plays, and then they decided to pull him off on some second down plays, and he made it known in the media that he was not happy about that. So some people saw that this could potentially be a long-term issue. The Colts decided to go ahead and make a move and get rid of him. Uh, so he is out there on the market, and we'll see what happens with Shaq Leonard. He's 28, so he still has some years ahead of him. It, maybe it's just a situation where he needs more time to fully rehab. Uh, we'll see where he lands. I'm assuming it'll be a playoff Detroit. contender. There you go. Uh, Michael Thomas is now on IR with a knee injury and will miss at least the next four games. And the last thing we want to talk about before we jump into picks this week is some really, really awesome news. Um, The NFL has announced that starting in week 12 and for the rest of the season, Monday night football will have flex scheduling for the first time ever. The remaining Monday night football schedule, uh, as it sits right now, week 12 is bears at Vikings. I don't think that's going to change. Week 13 Bengals at Jaguars week 14. We have the Titans at the dolphins and the Packers at the giants week 15 chiefs at Patriots. Week 16, Ravens at Niners. I don't expect that one to go anywhere. And then week 17, huge matchup, Lions at Cowboys. What do you think about this new flex scheduling for Monday Night Football? I like it. I'm glad that they did it way ahead of time because that is kind of a big deal when the day changes. It's a little different from when it's a 1 or 4 o'clock switching to Sunday night. But when it's a big deal like a whole day, uh, that, that does have a big factor because now what actually kind of sucks is for both of our teams that more than likely have a very important week 18 game. We're now on a short week. So that is a uh, one unfortunate thing of it actually, but I was really hoping it would be the Sunday night game that week, not Monday night, but it is what it is. We'll see what happens with it. Um, I guess that's the the benefit of being good. It's kind of a weird thing. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, uh, it's definitely an improvement to the NFL product because there's been some pretty shitty games in prime time here this year. So I'm, I'm glad that they're looking at that and trying to get it fixed. So, all right, guys, let's jump into some week 12 picks. Um, 
The first of our Thanksgiving Day matchups features the four and six Green Bay Packers uh, who are coming off a 23 to 20 win against the Chargers as they travel to Motor City to face off against division rival Detroit Lions. You are sitting at eight and two and just got a 31 26 comeback win against the Chicago Bears. The Lions have a firm hold on the NFC North while the Packers sit in third behind the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit is favored by seven and a half. Yeah, it was really unfortunate for uh, MVS to drop that ball last night. Uh, the Lions would have been tied for the best record in the NFC and the NFL. Um, I, I just. I don't know. I, I'm not too big on what the Packers have been doing. Obviously, they've played a little better the last few weeks, but the Chargers, just like MVS, dropped the ball last night for the Chiefs. The Chargers dropped a touchdown to win that game, too. So, I mean, the Packers really should have lost that game. I I think Ford Field's been insane this year. It's not going to be an easy place to come and get a win. Uh, I, I like the Lions at home to cover this one. This should be like a 13, 14 point win, I think. So I like the Lions a lot. Yeah, I hate this is a seven and a half point spread, not seven, but I'm going to still stick with the Lions here. I can see this potentially being a seven point win for Detroit, but hopefully the fact that this is a Turkey Day game gives them a le- extra motivation to show out at home. Our next Thanksgiving Day matchup features the uh, Washington Commanders, who sit at four and seven and are coming off a 19 to 31 loss to the New York Giants and are facing the seven and three Dallas Cowboys, who return home after securing a win over the Carolina Panthers last week, 33 to 10. Kickoff is at 4:30. Uh, Dallas will be in their 56th Thanksgiving Day game and has a 32 22 and one record in that time span. They continue sitting in the second spot for the NFC East behind the Eagles. While the Commanders hold a one-game lead for third ahead of the Giants, Dallas is favored by 10 and a half. I feel like we got a little bias there. Why didn't the Lions get their Thanksgiving Day stats read? Was- <laughs> because I knew that I knew the Lions were getting a sandwich today, so <laughs> yeah, they got something. Uh I like Dallas in this one. I I, I don't know. I, Washington, Sam Howe throws way too many mistakes. And uh, with my Fresno sensation back there, uh, I'm not sure he should just be slinging it up. So I, I like Dallas in this one. Uh, yeah, I, yeah, I mean, obviously I'm going uh, with Dallas here. Dallas has been playing lights out at home. Washington has been somewhat hot and cold all year, but particularly cold since the trade deadline. It's been a big spread, but this could be another game where we see Cooper Rush behind center in the fourth after a substantial Cowboys lead. Sam Howell is probably going to be in for a pretty long afternoon. So I'm going to go with the Cowboys here. Uh, before we move on, uh, just so you know, the Lions are 37, 44, and two. On Turkey we appreciate Day. we appreciate the Thanksgiving stats. Eat them up, Lions. Thank you. Eat them up. Nice. You're welcome. The last of our Thanksgiving gay, excuse me, Jesus, Thanksgiving Day games features the seven and three San Francisco 49ers who are coming off a 27 to 14 win against the Bucks as they travel northwest for the first of their two matchups against the six and four Seattle Seahawks. They were coming off a 16 to 17 loss to the Rams. The Niners look back to normal and are maintaining a one game lead in the NFC West ahead of the Seahawks in an extremely important game for both of these teams. San Fran is favored by seven. Yeah, I like San Francisco. I just watched Seattle play last week. Gino did battle back to try to lead that final drive to get the game winner. Missed a long field goal. Um, But Gino was he didn't look the best like he was kind of hurt. So be interesting to see if he can come back on the short week and play and even if he can i'm not sure this is the team you want to be halfway hurt against so i i'm gonna take the niners here 
Yeah, I'm taking San Fran too. Niners are really hot on offense, have a solid pass rush despite dealing with some injuries on the secondary side of the ball. Uh, Seahawks are also coming off a short week, and with Geno not being 100%, sounds like Kenneth Walker is probably going to be out. It's just too much for Seattle to overcome, so I'm going to take San Fran here as well. Next up, a beautiful but rare Friday night matchup as the 7-3 and Miami Dolphins hit the road after taking care of the Raiders 20-13 to last week to face division rival New York Jets, who are now at 4-6 and in a on a three-game losing streak. Miami is starting to look more like a complete team as their defense has started playing their part as the Jets are struggling on both sides of the ball as of late. Uh, Miami maintains a game-and-a-half lead in the AFC East ahead of the Bills, while the Jets are two games ahead of the Patriots for third. Miami is favored by nine and a half. Uh, debut of in-season hard knocks is tonight. I'm, I'm looking forward to that. I like the Dolphins in this one. I, I think there's a chance I might be the starting quarterback for the Jets Friday, so watch out for that. Uh, I, I think the Dolphins win this one pretty easily. Um, so we do this a couple times uh, throughout the year. If there's a question at quarterback, I'm just calling it right now. Uh, I'm picking Miami here minus the points, but if Jacob Workman's under center, then that's all day. J J E T S just, just Jets. I don't know about that. I would just throw it to Jalen to up his numbers. Speaking of that, I do <laughs> hold on. That, that was actually a good thing to say. Cause I wasn't even thinking about this. What a fucking return for my guy, Jalen Ramsey. That pick at the end of the game was ridiculous. Like he's played three games. Guess what? He already has three picks. Like the dude yeah. is ridiculous. Like I, I love Jalen Ramsey. He's a stud. For sure. Uh, next up, we've got the two and eight New England Patriots coming off a bye week and heading to New York to face a three and eight New York Giants team that just got a big win last week against the Commanders, thirty-one to nineteen. New England is on a three-game skid and sits last in the AFC East, while the Giants return home just one game behind the Commanders for third in the NFC East. The Patriots are favored by three and a half. Uh, this might be the worst NFL game ever. <laughs> this is this is bad. Uh, I'm gonna go with New England. I have no reason why. I think both of these teams suck. So I'm going to go with New England to cover. Yep, I'm with you. I'm going with the Pats here. The reason I'm doing this is because Belichick's coming off a of bye week. Gives him some opportunity to scheme on ways to force DeVito and some more uncomfortable situations and hopefully some turnovers. Not sure who the Pats are going to put out there under center because it sounds like it may not be Mac Jones. But if they stick to the run game, it should get a W here. So I'm taking New England as well. The six and four Pittsburgh Steelers head to Cincy after losing 10 to 13 to the Cleveland Browns to meet another division rival in the five and five Bengals who lost 20 to 34 and also two also division rival Baltimore Ravens likely a low scoring game here as the Steelers have struggled to find the end zone all season and the Bengals will start Jake Browning for the rest of the year after losing Joe Burrow to a wrist injury last week for the rest of the season AFC North continues being a tight race as all four teams are at or above 500 Steelers and Bengals sit three and four in the division and Pittsburgh is favored by a point and a half. Yeah, this is an interesting one. Clearly Cincinnati has the better team, but with Burrow out, Pittsburgh just had a change. Sometimes the change, you can ride momentum for the first week. We've talked about that a lot. Um, I, I think I'm going to go with Pittsburgh here. Yeah, I'm actually going to go with Pittsburgh here as well. Pickett's been struggling, but he's still better than Browning. Steelers defense should be able to cause enough problems with the pass rush. And we, again, as you just said, you know, we talk about that temporary boost that happens when you have a change of, of pace, especially, uh, you know, I, for those of you who haven't seen uh, the one of the games when the Steelers won, uh, Canada comes down from the, the <laughs> top deck to go give Tomlin a hug in Boswell, their punter 
is walking in uh, from the backside and makes a comment that it had had nothing to do with Canada. So everyone on that team was was ready to to get him out of there. Um, or Bo- is Boswell the kicker? Maybe he's the kicker. Either way, it was it was hilarious. Yeah. Um, very clearly uh, made the comment. So I'm sure everybody in Pittsburgh is elated. And uh, yeah, we're both rolling with Pittsburgh in that one. Next, we have the one and nine Carolina Panthers hitting the road after getting steamrolled 10 to 33 by the Cowboys on Sunday to face the three and seven Titans, who also got steamrolled 14 to 34 by the Jags. Both teams are on a three game losing streak right now, sit last in their divisions. Nobody wants to watch this game. Tennessee is favored by four. Uh, I'm going Tennessee. I just I I don't know. This is not a good game either, but Tennessee, I think, is better. Yeah, I think this is probably a bounce back game for King Henry. Uh, Vrabel can lean into the play action a little bit, get Hopkins the ball. So I'm taking Tennessee here, but not a good game to watch. Next, we have the seven and three Jacksonville Jaguars hitting the road to Texas after beating the Titans 34 14 last week to face the red hot Houston Texans, who are six and four and coming off a 21 to 16 win against the Arizona Cardinals. Houston is four and one at home this year and is one game back from Jacksonville for the division lead. So this game is huge for both teams. Jacksonville is favored by a one and a half. Uh, Jacksonville seems to have uh, kind of became Jacksonville again. I, I, I like what they're doing. I think Houston is going to regress just a little bit at some point during the season. I don't think they can keep it up every week. So I do like Jacksonville here. I, I didn't hear the the pick there. I'm sorry. My Jack, Jacksonville was my pick. Jacksonville. Okay. Um, I'm taking Houston here at home. Houston's won four or five against Lawrence. They clearly know the formula to slow this Jags team down after that big week, week three win. Um, I think it'll be closer than 37, 17, which is what that week three game was. Uh, but Houston, I think should get the W here at home and move into first in the division. So I'm going to take the Texans. The five and five New Orleans Saints head to Hotlanta to face off against the four and six division rival Atlanta Falcons. Both teams are coming off a bye. Atlanta is currently on a three game losing streak. Uh, New Orleans maintains a one game lead over Atlanta for first in the NFC South. So an important game for both of these teams. Atlanta is favored by a point and a half at home. Yeah, I believe Carr is back. And if Carr is the quarterback, I do not pick the Saints. That's against my rules. So I'm taking Atlanta. If my guy Jameis uh, is playing. I want the Saints, but I'm pretty sure Carr is back, so I'm on Atlanta. Yeah, I I, I know I said this game is going to be in hot Atlanta, but I think this game is more likely to be hot garbage. Um, I, I'm not impressed with yeah. either of these teams. I'm taking New Orleans here based purely on the fact that they have more talent, and I think with both teams coming off a of bye, the Saints have a slightly better coaching staff uh, to get the team prepped. So I'm going to roll with New Orleans here, but another not great game. Next up, four and six Tampa Bay Buccaneers head to Indy after losing 14 to 27 to the San Francisco 49ers to face a five and five Colts team who are coming off a bye week. Tampa currently sits third in the NFC South tied with the Falcons while the Colts have won their last two and are quietly within two games of first in the AFC South. Indy is favored by two and a half. I like the Colts in this one. I like them at home. Um, I, it's again, it's two kind of mediocre teams. You never know really what you're going to get with either one of these teams, but. Colts being at home, I do like that. And they have been playing a little better. Yeah, I'm going with Indy here as well. Tampa Bay has been susceptible on defense, particularly against the pass. I think Indy can scheme some play action up against this Bucks D that will result in some points. So I'm going to take Indy here as well. First of our 4 p.m. games features the four and six L.A. Rams hitting the road to the desert after getting a come from behind win against the Seahawks last week to face another division rival in the two and nine Arizona Cardinals who return home after losing 16 to 21 to the Texans. 
the Rams sit two games back from second in the NFC West behind the Seahawks while the Cardinals are last in the division. Arizona is favored by one and a half. I, I know the Rams do sometimes struggle in Arizona, but it seems odd to me that they would be favored. I, I'm taking the Rams to win outright. Yeah, I'm going to go with Arizona here. It sounds like Stafford will probably be playing without Cooper Cup. This is Kyler's third game back, second back at home. Arizona's been competitive all year, despite question marks around the quarterback position. And with Kyler in the mix, I think they can pick up a couple W's as they head into the end of the season. So I'm going to take Arizona here, minus the one and a half. The 7-3 and three Cleveland Browns head to mile high after getting a 13-10 win against the Steelers last week to face the 5-5 five and five Denver Broncos, who are coming off a 21-20 win against the Minnesota Vikings. The Browns sit second in the AFC North and look to maintain their three-game winning streak despite losing Deshaun Watson for the season, while the Broncos are quietly on a four-game winning streak and have moved into second in the AFC West, two games behind the Chiefs. Uh, Denver is favored by two and a half. This is a tough one. Uh, I really love what Schwartz has been doing in Cleveland. I and Denver's offense is not the best. I man. I'm going to take Denver. I'll take Denver minus the two and a half. I'm taking the Broncos here as well. Uh, Denver's defense should cause some turnovers. Cleveland's defense has not been as effective on the road as they have been at home. Uh, I can see Broncos pulling out maybe a three point win here at home. So I'm going to take Denver as well. The 7-3 Kansas City Chiefs hit the road to Vegas after losing 17-21 to the Eagles Monday night in Mile High to face their division rival Las Vegas Raiders, who were 5-6 and six and coming off a 13-20 loss to the Dolphins in Miami. The Chiefs look to get back on track and could be in for a battle as the Raiders are 4-1 at home this year. Uh, Kansas City remains atop the AFC West, while the Raiders are a half game behind the Broncos for second. KC is favored by 9.5. Yeah, I like the Chiefs in this one. I think their defense is going to be too much for Aiden O'Connell, and the offense is probably going to be a little frustrated after that game last night because of bad weather. They're finally going to be inside. Good weather. Uh, this is not a game I would want to play the Chiefs. I, I like the Chiefs in this one. Yeah, I'm taking KC as well. Andy Reid's likely to bounce back in a big way after losing a tight win to Philly. The Raiders won't be able to keep up on offense against this Chiefs defense, so I'm taking KC as well. The last of our 4 p.m. games has the 6-5 and five Buffalo Bills hitting the road after dismantling the Jets 32-6 on Sunday to face the white-hot Philadelphia Eagles, who are 9-1 on a four-game winning streak and have the best record in football. Buffalo has struggled on the road this year, winning only one of four, while the Eagles remain undefeated so far at home. Buffalo is a game and a half behind Miami in the AFC East, while Philly maintains a two-game lead over the Cowboys in the NFC East. Philly is favored by three and a half. Yeah, Philly winning that game last night kind of makes me hesitate on this one a little bit. It almost makes me think Buffalo in kind of a get-right game here, but Philly's just so good to me. I I think I'm gonna I'm gonna take Philly. Yeah, I'm taking Philly here as well. I know they'll be coming off a bit of a short week. It could be a trap game after that big win in KC, but I just don't trust Buffalo. Philly only needs four here to cover, so I'm gonna take the Eagles here to get their tenth win. Our Sunday night matchup features the 8-3 Baltimore Ravens, who head to the City of Lights after beating the Bengals 34-20 on Thursday to face the 4-6 LA Chargers, who are coming off a 20-23 loss to the Green Bay Packers. The Ravens got back on track after losing to the Browns the previous week and maintained the top spot in the AFC North, while the Chargers have lost their last two and have slid to last in the AFC West. Baltimore is favored by four. I'm going to make a little prediction here. Ravens cover and Brandon Staley's fired. 
I would not be surprised by either one of those. Um, I've got Baltimore all the way on this one. Chargers have lost a big part of their pass rush, struggle to stop teams from putting points on the board. I know Baltimore is dealing with some injuries too, but I'm going with Ravens here to, you know, the, the note I had was the steely seat's going to get even hotter, but it could be too hot at this point. I would not be surprised if he loses his job after this game. Are you promoting Kellen Moore? Uh, yeah, I think that's what they'll do at this point. And then I also think we might see uh, Ron Rivera fired this week too, with uh, Biennemi promoted. Yeah, both interim, yeah. both interim though. Biennemi should not be interim. Biennemi should be a head coach. He's should have been a head coach a while ago. So oh, I agree. I, it's 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 kind of a race to who gets fired first. We're gonna have Frank Reich, Ron Rivera, and Brandon Staley. Who who gets fired first there? I think they all three lose this week. So does one of them get fired this week? Is gonna be the big question. I would say yes, at least one, if not two. Yeah, I be, I mean, if you're putting money on it, I put Frank Reich just because Tepper will pull the trigger quicker than any yeah. other owner in the league, but. Brandon yeah, Staley has gotten chance after chance after chance. And uh, they've got well, and, some potential talent there sitting behind him in the OC. So, well, and his defense has been shit. Like it has not been good. They have talent on that defense and it's been terrible. So I, yeah, I, I don't, I don't see the point. I, to me, he's the one that's got to go, but any of those three honestly should be gone. Yeah, for sure. All right, guys, our Monday night game is a battle of NFC North teams as a three and eight Chicago Bears lift to bounce back from a tough 26 to 31 loss to the Detroit Lions last week as they travel north to Minnesota to face the six and five Vikings who um, had their own tough loss last week to the Broncos 20 to 21. Chicago does have Justin Fields back, which is vital for their offense as they try to crawl out of last place in the division while the Vikings have won five of six and look to keep pace in the NFC enough to secure a wild card spot. Minnesota is favored by three and a half. This one's tough for me. I don't like either of these teams and I don't think either one of them are good. So um, give me fields in the points. I'll take the bears. A little surprising, but okay. Like it. Uh, I'm going with the pastor not here in prime time. This should actually be a decently fun game. Seeing Dobbs go up against fields. Uh, Chicago's defense just keeps them from staying in games. And with this being at home for Minnesota on Monday night, plus the potential of Justin Jefferson, I thought he could be back, but the way that he's been talking to the media, he's pretty much like until I'm 110%, I'm not touching the field. So uh, we'll see if he returns or not. Um, they may wait until after their bye week, which happens next week before they bring him back in. But either way, I think I'm going to take the Vikes here at home. So um, one thing before we jump into locks here, we talked about this in our college show uh, there are a ton of really, really good quarterbacks that are going to be coming out of the draft this year. Um, Chicago made that trade with Carolina and now looks even better because not only they did, did they get a uh, wide receiver number one in DJ Moore, uh, they got multiple draft picks. One of those draft picks right now is the number one draft pick uh, from the Carolina Panthers. They also hold the fifth draft pick right now. If you are the owner of the Chicago Bears and let's say, I mean, they're not making the playoffs. That's that's pretty determined. Um, fields is fields. You know what's been happening in the past couple of years since he's been there. They have another down year. As the owner, G GM of the Bears, do you trade fields and then pick up a quarterback in the draft? And if you do that, 
which quarterback are you taking? I would say as long as you for sure have the number one pick, like when the season's over, if you have one, then it would definitely be a consideration. Um, I'm I'm not down on fields like people are, though. I think he's a legit weapon. Like I, I think it's more the lack of what he's had around him the last few years. Um, I, if I were to do the hypothetical trade, we did talk about it on the college podcast. I I'm taking Michael Penix if I'm the GM. Just because I've seen his accuracy, I've seen what he is, I've seen who he is off the field. I I love Michael Penix. But if I want to sell tickets and I want to please the fans and I want to get people excited, I'm drafting Caleb Williams. So it's I can see both. Like I said, if I'm picking, I'm taking Michael Penix. If I was the real GM of the Bears, probably taking Caleb Williams. But the other side of that is what I just said. Like I think you, with two early draft picks, you can really build around Justin Fields. Still, I don't. I don't know. I, I'm not as down on Fields as people are. I think Fields is a, is a weapon. Yeah, I mean, it's to be clear, I am a big fan of Justin Fields. I like Justin Fields a lot. I don't think the Bears should trade him. They need to put more weapons around him. He doesn't have anything right now. If I'm Chicago, that first pick to me is probably going to be Marvin Harrison Jr or a player like that, that's an immediate weapon for fields. And then that five pick is again, either an offensive weapon, or if there is a, a game changing cornerback that's on the, I mean, we'd have to look at the, uh, the quote unquote mock drafts or who the, the power rankings are on the, uh, the board right now. But I mean, can you imagine well, putting Justin Fields on the field with DJ Moore, <sighs> Marvin Harrison jr. And like Keon Coleman, well, like, what I was getting ready, what I was getting ready to say was, or they could draft Roma Dunze. And I was like, like, I was like, what a, what a or, combination, yeah. even, even Keon Coleman, both of them, that'd be a great combination. I mean, that's like, that's kind of Madden shit, but it's, it, I mean, how can you not be excited go about for that? It. Yeah. yeah. I mean, they, uh, uh, Steichen needs to go like they need to find a new coach. I think that's a hundred percent. Oh, it's, but, uh, Eber not Steichen, uh, Eber, yeah, Seconds in India. Eberflus, yeah. I don't know why I get those two guys mixed up. Um, yeah, e I think Eberflus needs to go, but yeah, man, I, I, I just, I've been hearing a lot about it on some of these shows where they're talking about trading fields in, I mean, for what it's worth, they would probably get a lot for him because there's teams out there like Vegas and Atlanta and a couple other teams. Uh, New England is another one that is in desperate need of a quarterback and they're probably willing to trade for a top draft pick primarily because they've already well, seen what Justin Fields can do. And there's not as much of a risk of drafting a quarterback when they've already seen that Fields can do the job. So, well, that's a, if, if I'm the Bears, thing to do, yeah, I'm getting rid of Eberflus and I'm looking at Kellen Moore. I'm looking at Eric Bieniemy, and I'm looking at Ben Johnson. I hope to fucking hell Ben Johnson doesn't go to the bears. That would be one of the more sickening things I've ever seen in my life. But, uh, you've got to look at those three. You've got to bring in an offensive coach. You cannot keep up with what you're doing right now. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we'll see what happens. I just wanted to throw that out there because we talked about it a little bit on the college uh, podcast and it, it kind of blends in between uh, NCAA and the NFL. So uh, that is all of the games that we have for week 12. There are no bye weeks this uh, bye week teams this week. Everyone is playing. Um, there are a substantial amount of teams that are going to be on by next week, but we will get to that next week. So next we need to jump into our favorite part of the podcast. 
our locks of the week. Uh, I am currently 10 and one in lock this year. Workman is eight and three. We both hit our lock last week with Dallas workman. Who are you locking in on this week? I know I, I'm really thinking about this one. I'm trying to keep my, my good lock record here going. I, I don't know. I've got a lot. I like this week, to be honest, I'm trying to figure out which is the right one I want to take. I almost want to take Dallas again, to be honest, but I, I, myself out of that i think i'm actually going to do something a little risky here i think i'm going to lock the jags minus the one and a half i like jacksonville in this one all right i got you in as a lock on the jags perhaps to no surprise i am locking in on dallas this week um thanksgiving day game bringing in the commanders we've been playing lights out at home uh Everything has been looking really good. Even that loss against Philly, I think we looked really solid in that team in that game on both sides of the ball. Um, I think Dallas takes advantage of of reeling Washington Commanders team. Uh, and if it won't be Ron Rivera's last game this week, uh, I think that his last game would definitely be on Thursday. So I'm locking in on Dallas over the Commanders on Thursday. All right, guys, that is it for Tuesday Night Touchdown Podcast NFL Edition Week 12. Uh, Jake, you got anything else you want to throw out here before we call it quits? No, uh, that's really about it. Uh, Lions back on the field in two days, which is exciting. I don't have to wait very long. And uh, college rivalry week this weekend. It's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, next week, we've got some special episode for everyone. Yeah, yeah. So I was just going to, that's what I was remembering. So uh, next week, we teased this a little bit on the college program. Uh, We're going to do a special episode next week. So I don't want to give away too much here. Um, And in fact, a a decent portion of our listener base is probably going to be on the program. (laughs) I thought of the same thing. I I honestly thought the same thing. Uh, but hopefully that means that some friends and family of them will, will be joining in. Uh, we're going to pull in uh, a few different, uh, guests and make this a fun episode next week. We've got short schedule with the NCAA, uh, NCAA stuff because of conference championships. We also have a short schedule with the NFL, uh, with all these teams on by next week. I think there's like six or eight teams that are on by. Uh, so yeah, we're going to, uh, to dive in head first and bring in, uh, some, some old faces and some new faces, and it should be a fun round Robin kind of, uh, kind of deal. So look forward to that. Uh, that is it for us this week for the fine citizen over there, Jacob Workman. I am resounding, uh, again, Tuesday night touchdown podcast, uh, follow us, like, follow, share, subscribe on all platforms, YouTube, Spotify, Apple. You can find us at Tuesday night TD pod everywhere we're at. Thank you guys for listening. As always, good luck and good gambling. Eat them up, Lions. Eat them up. Cheers, guys. See ya.